the Get Real Indie Filmcast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. All right, it's the Get Real Indie Filmmakers podcast, and uh, uh, this is episode number four. This is going to be all about YouTube. We have a couple of guests on the way. Sean Cannell of Think Media, he's going to uh, give us advice on how to survive on YouTube these days. And we also have Houston Coley of Houston Productions One channel on YouTube. Uh, he's kind of a, an example of success. We're going to be talking with him uh, about mm-hmm. some data, some of his uh, statistics on his YouTube channel. Um, we've got, this is, you know, we've, we've got a pretty amazing lineup uh, of, of guests uh, coming up in the next few months. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to a lot of the folks. We've already talked to a lot of the folks on Rolling Tape and coffee shop conversations and they're all coming back for this which is awesome and the one thing we're trying to do on this podcast is that we're trying to uh we're trying to get real that's right you know we're trying to uh we're trying to get real right (laughs) we're trying to find the truth right we're trying to get Mm -hmm. get underneath some of these issues that are facing filmmakers today and um um i was gonna mention uh I don't know. I've, I've kind of, I kind I was going to mention this, uh, but maybe not. Um, I, I was going to mention the the gaffer tape show that you gaffer that tape you is an essential on film sets. Yes, it really is. Okay, I mean, and it's got so many other uses. But this guy's really cool. That the tape's a little less expensive, but it's still high quality tape. And um, they got uh, you know they got it in the black and the white and all the the colors that you would use on a film set, but then they got camouflage gaffer tape and stuff like that. So, but really gaffer, it's a, it's an essential thing in your toolbox on a film set. It really is. So here we are talking about guests. We're going to have, you know, we're going to talk about star attachments this summer. We're going to talk about how to survive in LA and Hollywood. (laughs) And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we're going to talk about gaffer tape, (laughs) but, but it's on (laughs) gaffer tapes. One of those things on the film set too. It's like, you're walking around like anybody got gaffer tape, anybody got gaffer tape. And everybody's like, "Mm, nobody wants to give up their gaffer tape. (laughs) Cause, cause it's expensive and it's like, you know, everyone looks away from you. It's kind of like on our, uh, fundraising episode, you want people to not talk to you, uh, you know, ask them for their gaffer tape. <laughs> uh, see, uh, these kind of insights I would never have guessed would surface oh, you know, I've, on a podcast. I've seen like it. This. I've lived it. So, so you're, you're actually, it. you're, you're arranging a guest of, of a guy who makes gaffer tape. Is that how we're going to do this? No, it's it's a company called Gaffer Power, okay. and the owner Eric has agreed to come on the episode huh. on one of our episodes. And um, he's not a filmmaker, but he can address filmmakers' issues about gaffer tape. <laughs> there's different grades of it, believe it or not. There's there's cheaper tape, there's good tape, and there's excellent tape. And there's I I've purchased rolls from them, and they it's excellent tape. So I thought, why not have this guy on the show and uh, by being on their uh, Facebook page, you can win roles. Cause I've won some roles. So uh, that's always fun to win stuff, oh, oh. especially gaffer tape. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's certainly something to tune in for. Uh, that's a reason to subscribe right there. <laughs> oh yeah. Gaffer tape. Uh, you know, I mean, you laugh at it, but it truly is, um, you know, you go on any film set, there's gaffer tape everywhere. It's just try to find it unless you don't, <laughs> Never, like I say, nobody will talk to you. 
Uh, by the way, we, we are on iTunes, so be sure to subscribe there and give us a rating. We need we need yeah, ratings so that other people can, you know, realize that we're actually a good show, right? And you know what else we need? We need people's feedback. What do you want to hear on this show? Absolutely, because this, this show is for you. This is all yep. about you and, and uh, surviving as a filmmaker. Tweet us at Borges Film, or you can email us privately at info at Borges.com. And uh, yeah, that's how you can get in touch with us. Today we're talking about YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. YouTube is something that, you know, I think filmmakers, um, they're kind of, uh, at least in my experience, they know about YouTube, they put things on YouTube, but they're not really, you know, crazy about, you know, they're not living and breathing the, the whole YouTube world, which is out there. And, and uh, uh, so there's kind of a separation between people that are really serious about having a channel and trying to get monetization and money from it and just people that are just putting videos up there to get some views. Right. And um, the people who are doing it for monetization are struggling because the rules keep changing on YouTube, the way that they, uh, uh, the analytics, I guess is the big word uh, that they use for monetization. And there's other issues also with subscribers and whatnot that um, YouTube uh, people are complaining about with YouTube and YouTube needs to address. Yeah. And there's, there's a series of articles that um, um, has been written in Polygon recently. Um, mm-hmm. Julia Alexander um, has a, a really good exploration of this topic. Uh, she's written a lot of articles about this for Polygon. We're actually trying to get her on the show, by the way. Oh, um, oh good. So this will be a continuing topic that we discuss on the podcast. Uh, but she says that YouTube recently had a, uh, a meeting with its advertisers um, mm-hmm. trying to kind of uh, pitch, you know, what the new YouTube is all about. And all they talked about was, you know, these kind of late night comedy clips and music videos and celebrities and uh, didn't uh, mention so much, uh, you know, the content creators, the, you know, the average Joe channel that mm-hmm. is out there. And so it, it kind of looks like uh, with all of these changes that they've done in, in the past year, that they're kind of, uh, you know, shifting away from its original uh, original purpose. Which was independent creators of videos. That's what YouTube started on. That's what it's built on. That's why it's called YouTube, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got creators, you got viewers, and you got advertisers. You got this triangle. And YouTube's trying you know, trying to make everybody happy, but it seems like more like they're trying to make the advertisers happy as opposed to the creators by um, uh, making, you know, going with what they call safe videos or safe content, you know, stuff, people, you know, you know, you know, Conan O'Brien, you, you know, these people, but you know, nobody knows us yet. And there's been a lot of controversy lately about, you know, channels that are, uh, you know, they have content that are questionable, let's say, there's the whole mm-hmm. uh, Logan Paul controversy with the, you yep. know, with the dead body and all of that. And, and there's other creators that maybe aren't so safe for the corporate advertising community. <laughs> so, well, there are terrorist videos yeah, sure. uh, on YouTube. I mean, this is a reality. That, and and so I get where they're coming from. You know, obviously, advertisers don't want to be attached to that. 
So uh, that's where the problem comes in. So there's really two issues um, that people are complaining about. Uh, first is the monetization, of course, because um, they they had a new cutoff recently. If you fell below a certain amount of watch time or a certain amount of subscribers, then you couldn't even opt in to the uh, monetization. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's a whole issue I don't even want to get into today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's also the issue of notifications and what is a subscriber. And this is something that um, I think we've experienced on our hitch 20 uh, YouTube channel at Borges film is that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have thousands of subscribers, but how many of those subscribers are actually being notified about new videos? Exactly. And this is where YouTube is using an algorithm and, and they've broken it up into like three different groups, right? Like, like active viewers yeah. and, and then there's a higher one. And then there's just people who, uh, you know, have subscribed, but they actually want the viewers to actually proactively go to these websites or, or to the channels rather w- without being notified. And yeah, you may do that, but it's always nice to get notified, especially if you say, I want to subscribe. Yeah, and so they came up with this new bell, right, yeah. that the, the viewer has to click on in order to get notifications. So uh, if you were a subscriber before the bell, then what what are you? <laughs> uh, what's the use of subscribing to something that you're not getting notified about? That makes no right. sense. So that's causing a lot of backlash. Because only about 10% of your subscribers are getting notified about your new content. So you're, so you're kind of, you're hoping, it's almost like you're gambling. You're hoping that YouTube picks the right 10% of your subscribers that are going to be yep. active and comment on your new videos. Um, otherwise, they won't even reach the old subscribers. So it's just, hmm. it's just this mess that they've created that is yeah. causing so much yep. backlash. And again... It's kind of it's making people think that they're trying to squeeze off the smaller channels in favor of the bigger, more popular, successful channels and making it more difficult for new channels to succeed. And whether that's true or not, we can, you know, we can explore that in future episodes. And we have a guest on today that is going to be talking about how you can get around these new changes as a filmmaker and Sean Cannell of Think mm-hmm. Media is going to be joining us uh, with a lot of advice for filmmakers um, utilizing YouTube for their film projects. But joining us right now is the creator of Houston Productions One YouTube channel. It's Houston Coley. Hi, Houston. Hey, what's up? I'm glad to be here. The reason I wanted to invite you on to talk to you for just a few minutes is because well, you have a YouTube channel yeah. and uh, and quite a successful channel, by the way, from what I can tell. Oh, thanks. I just wanted to talk about some stats with you. Yeah. So first of all, what kind of channel do you have? Um, kind of about um, 
just talking about movies that I have personal connections to and sharing kind of stories about why I love certain movies and what certain movies do well and, and what makes a great film. So it's it's really a, a channel dedicated to why I love movies is pretty much what it is at this point. So it's kind of like a, a video essay kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I try to, the video essay market has become so saturated now where everyone just makes a video and then subtitles it video essay to become sophisticated. Um, so I've been trying recently to sort of make it not fit into a box and just be its own thing. But if you were to summarize it with any label, it would definitely be video essay. (laughs) So, yeah. So how many subscribers do you have? I think it hit 38,000 like a few days ago. Yeah, okay. It's 38,200 at this point of of recording. So, yeah. That's pretty good. That's impressive. (laughs) So has that changed at all uh, in the past couple of years? Uh, When did you first get those? I mean, most of those subscribers... When did you add those? Well, yeah, so that's been um that's been the dilemma that I've I've always wondered about for a while is how many of these subscribers are like remnants of when I did my Lego right. stuff and how many of them are with the movie stuff. And when I was doing Lego stuff, it was about 8,000 or so. Um right. I mean, definitely most of them came last year. Uh last year was really the year that it sort of started getting not I wouldn't say popular because it's still small in the grand scheme of things, but it started getting a lot more traction. Um, than it previously had. And so I think that was last year was when the movie fans started to outnumber the Lego fans as far as the people subscribe. <laughs> so you pretty much have just became really active in the last couple of years then. Yeah. Like really serious about it. Yeah. I mean, the past couple of years have been where I've I've gotten less frequent in posting, but more uh, I would say gotten more uh, substantial in quality, at least like I've put yeah, a lot yeah. more work in every video and research and everything. And that's yeah. what I focus on. And you're on getting movies. a lot of views too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it varies, but especially in the past year has been those, those views and the subscribers have sort of spiked. So. Oh, so you've actually noticed an increase. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's always, um, it's always from certain specific videos, like, and then those videos tend to give the other videos more views in turn. So, like, um, I uh, the video that I think made me a lot of subscribers that almost has a million views now is my Marvel Cinematic Universe analyzed review. Um, it's like an hour and a half review of all the Marvel movies that were out at the time, um, interspersed with some different like guest YouTubers and their opinions on stuff. And so that video kind of blew up, and because of that video blowing up, I then had a lot of people checking out my other videos and subscribing because of, because of those. And so, like, lots of it kind of tends to stem from one singular video that then generates a lot for the others. So all these other YouTubers are saying that there's there's all these, you know, problems and issues with the latest changes, yeah. and you're not seeing that, are you? Um, I would say I'm seeing a little bit of it. I have been lucky. I'm I'm still thankful for some of the things that, you know, um, some of the things that could be worse on YouTube. Like, I hear a lot of people complaining about certain copyright issues and whatever, and I'm just like, hey, my channel is still up, most of my videos get to make money, and it's it's a fun, you know, job to have. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not fretting about it too much, especially since it's not my my main source of income that's keeping me alive right now. If things were different, I might I might be complaining a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so you are above the threshold of the latest changes, right? So yeah. you have a certain amount of watch time, a certain amount of subscribers yeah, and yeah. all of that. Yeah, so a lot of the people that are complaining about this are below the threshold. So I think you are just uh, 
maybe not feeling the same. Do you mind telling us? Uh, you don't have to. But do you mind telling <laughs> us how much how much you make uh, from YouTube? Yeah. Um. It's the thing that I and I've said this on Twitter before. Like it varies so much, and it again brings me back to kind of the um the whole thing that I said before about how it all stems from one video where one video, when yeah. I did um my video about The Last Jedi, when that came out in December, you know, The Last Jedi is potentially the most controversial movie ever made. <laughs> like, it is insane, the level of opinions people have about it. And so, you know, it my video was controversial as well. It wasn't a, a lukewarm um, video. And because of that, it generated a lot of reactions. So, like, half of the audience who watched it was sharing it and being like, Guys, check out this video. It summarizes my thoughts exactly. And then half of it, half the people were saying, "Oh, check out this video. This guy's such an idiot." You know. But either way, I was getting a lot of views on it. Um, and so because of that, it like I made about um, I think it was like two thousand five hundred dollars in January after December when the movie came out. And then it was again after that month. It was like another I think thousand dollars the next month. But those have definitely been anomalies. Like it's. Mm. Yeah. That's the most I've ever made on YouTube. The other months since then, it kind of started to go down with each month. So then the next month I made like uh, $500. And then the month after that, it's been like 300 And this month I made like 190 or something like that. So I'm I'm hoping for another one of those spike videos that <laughs> just brings it way up again. But, you know, it's 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 still doing OK. It's enough to to be yeah. worth making the videos, you know. And so on that video that made 2,500, how many views did it have? It's a 12-minute video, and it's got 519,000 views um, and 10,000 comments, <laughs> which I think might be the most comments I've ever had on anything. Like, it's wow. insane, like, just the controversy there. And <laughs> I stopped reading those comments specifically, like, the week after it came out. I was like, <laughs> I'm done. I can't. I can't take this. But, yeah, so that that kind of video especially – where it generates such strong reactions is like a perfect specimen. It's hit that sweet spot, that that kind of, you know, happy medium. Thanks very much for joining us, Houston. Uh, it's been very informative. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me so much. That kid is smart and driven, and uh, I, I don't know, I'm inspired. Yeah. I'm inspired. The kid, uh, he's he's got the right idea. He's got the way he thinks, um, and... Not to mention, he's a really good editor. If you watch his videos, his editing is fantastic. Yeah. So, so good for him. Right. So, so now that we're all thoroughly jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, <laughs> when we come back, we have Sean Cannell of Think Media, and Sean is gonna, uh, Sean is gonna help the rest of us uh, for 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 those of us that that aren't quite as good as Houston yet. If you're a filmmaker with a sense of humor, let me introduce you to the Spoof Dance Film Festival. This is the festival for those who like to make parodies. Spoof Dance specializes in TV commercial parodies, and you can also submit TV show parodies. Submission is open now. Visit Borgus.com slash spoofdance to find out more.
so uh yeah so <laughs> welcome back to our uh, podcast and uh we're talking about youtube today and uh this is going to be an ongoing topic i have a feeling that uh this is mm-hmm. not going to be the last episode we do about this now now this is aimed at people who you know a lot of people watch youtube you know funny cat videos and everything but there are serious people who follow people uh for filmmaking for cooking for whatever we're not yeah. talking just the average cavity but we could be talking about the cat video and maybe somebody puts you know you want to follow them and we want to know what you watch youtube for uh what what do you watch on youtube tweet us at borgus film or email info at borgus.com and if you're a filmmaker how have you what do you put on youtube you know are you having trouble uh, getting followers on youtube tell us your story about youtube you know what else i'd like to know is uh as, from a viewer point of view uh, you know, we we're talking about subscribing and not all subscribers getting the notifications. How do you feel about that? As a subscriber, when you subscribe to all these channels, do you want notifications from all of these channels? Or do you care if you're just maybe in the 10% that gets the notifications if you don't ring the bell? Or um, does it matter to you? That's that's what I want to know. Joining us now is Sean Cannell from Think Media. We're talking about YouTube uh, Sean, thanks for joining us today. Jeffrey, super pumped to be with you today. YouTube is something that comes up in the filmmaking community. Uh, filmmakers uh, want to upload their videos, obviously, but it can get a little bit confusing. And so um, we wanted to reach out to you as an expert on all things YouTube uh, to kind of uh, make sense of it all. So, Absolutely. Pumped yeah. to talk about it. Let's just say that a filmmaker has a video and let's just say they have a thousand subscribers. Okay. So they upload the video to a thousand subscribers. A lot of people might be surprised to find out that not all of those subscribers are going to actually see the video. So how many people out of those 1000 are going to see the video? So that's a good question. You know, um, to answer that question, it's important to understand kind of how YouTube works and how YouTube has been changing and really growing. You know, recent stats were just released at the Google conference that now YouTube has 1.8 billion um, monthly active users watching over an hour of content on mobile devices alone. YouTube's growing in its active user base um, almost twice as fast as Facebook is adding users. So, face, uh, so YouTube is exploding. There's a lot of people there. And so what subscribers meant even a decade ago um, is a lot different now simply because it's more crowded. And therefore, if just because you're subscribed to a channel doesn't even necessarily mean you're going to be able to reach that person. And there's a lot of factors that come into play. Number one, if you have a thousand subscribers, well, they may not all be active. You know, number two, some may have forgot their password. They're not even logging in anymore. Um, so the question is also maybe how new are those subscribers and also how active are they to begin with? Some people might watch check in with YouTube once a month. Some might be a daily user. So all of those factors come into play. The other thing to note is that most YouTube users, the audience you want to reach, your viewers, they actually a lot of times don't know about that there's different tabs. There's a homepage tab for us as YouTube watchers, but there's also a subscriptions tab. And a lot of times, and when someone subscribes to a brand new channel they love, those videos will start showing up on their homepage because it's recent for them, it's fresh for them. But if they don't keep engaging with your content, 
you won't show up on their homepage anymore. And so that's why sometimes people think, oh, I must have been unsubscribed from a channel when in reality, you have to go a tab over to your subscriptions tab and um, and that's where it's linear, anything that's been uploaded in linear order. And so um, – Yeah, I do kind of wonder about how many people actually know about the subscriptions feed uh, because if you – like if you log into a smart TV, for instance, and you go to YouTube, it starts with the homepage and the recommended feed, right? Absolutely. So you have to go and through some steps and you have to actually know about the subscriptions feed in order to even access. Exactly. And that's a good example of smart TV. The user interface is quite a bit different. And it's usually giving you a, a recommended mix of content that it'll think you like to watch as opposed to all of the content that you subscribe to. So a big tip here that I'd recommend for indie filmmakers in particular is – Number one, I think actually you got to find a way to be putting out consistent content. And a lot of times, I mean, it's tough to make a film. And so that might not be that consistent. You need something else, in my opinion, that's maybe mm. like a weekly update show or maybe some behind the scenes on a consistent basis. But in addition to that, I think you also should just be talking to your community and the people supporting you and maybe your fundraising and Kickstarter, whatever it is you're doing. I think that you should also be educating your community as to where they can get information and how to get it. I mean, it could just be a quick thing. You know, hey, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving you weekly updates on this project. So subscribe and ring the bell, right? Subscribe and ring the bell. We could talk about that in a second. And just so you know, the way you see your subscriptions, you could maybe do a screen capture, educate your audience. I mean, and that's something that we have to do as well because exactly what you said, most people, how are they going to know if you don't tell them? And YouTube really doesn't educate um, their audience or it's not really their fault. The person's not watching the educational YouTube videos. It is on us to help educate uh, the people in our community how they can best make sure they do not miss our content. So let's talk about the bell. They uh, they just added the bell. Was it last year? And um, um, and and that's because I guess because people are getting so annoyed with all the notifications, right? Because a lot of channels. It's kind of a difference between a daily content creator versus a weekly or monthly content creator. A lot of channels have daily content. And so if you're subscribed to a channel that has daily content, um, if you get a notification for each one of those videos, <laughs> then you're getting notified several times a day. And that that got annoying and people were just shutting off all their notifications. So they came up with this bell to try to fix that, right? Absolutely. And really all the bell does is it's only going to notify you in two places. One, you could either be notified through push notifications, so that's gonna be on a, a mobile device, um, or email. And when you, again, should educate your audience about how the bell works and what it does, um, when you click on it, you have an option to say, remind me about every, like I want a notification for every piece of content that comes my way or I want a notification of just the highlights. So YouTube is also giving you like a two-tiered approach to say, okay, I've subscribed to this channel, I love it, and if you don't ring the bell, maybe you love it at the lowest level. When I check in my subscription feed, I wanna check into that channel. Level two is if I wanna see just the hits of this channel, like if maybe there's a video getting a lot of comments and likes and views, YouTube algorithmically will be like, okay, this is something we should push notifications to the people who want um, at least the highlights of this channel. And then there's the level of, I want everything. I don't want to miss everything. 
and um, I want I want it all. And again, like personally, as the way I live my life, I don't I don't turn push notifications on on my phone for anything because yeah. I don't want it's it's an interruption um, uh, type of a, a, a thing, but I do use email and email, I'm checking on my yeah. email throughout the day. So, so it's even thinking about how your community is going to be experiencing that. And then, um, you know, YouTube sends out general recap emails anyway. So if you have a highlight video, a lot of times you're getting some promotion from YouTube. If you do have something that they think your subscribers are interested in, but notifications has just escalated that. So now you're getting email, um, you know, heads up of either the highlights or every single upload. And I noticed that they've changed the, um, the email as well. The, um, actual content that goes into the email for a new video. Uh, it used to be, they would have the description, but now they've cut that out and it's just a thumbnail with the title, right? So why did they change that? Do you think? I think probably because maybe one, the, uh, the description could be unpredictable and at times maybe even poorly presented. Um, and so I think for the user experience, um, having a, a thumbnail and title should be enough, but then that actually puts the impetus on us to make sure that it's enough, to make sure that yeah. we have strong titles and thumbnails that communicate the value and what uh, viewers can expect, what they're about to see, and then they can click through and, of course, get to that more information in the description. I mean, I mean, I even know for myself personally, our descriptions are like novels. We put quite a bit down there. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's not necessarily the, the cleanest presentation um, in like an email. So what about all of the old subscribers from, let's say, five years ago? They're interested, assuming they're interested in your content still. Um, they don't know about the bell. So what kind of notifications are they getting, if any? Probably almost nothing. And, and then there's a question of how active they are. And there's not a lot you can do. I think um, on the one hand, there are, you know, for those who maybe have a budget, you actually can do um, YouTube ads and you can target your own subscribers. However, okay. that only goes back six months. So that would not even be relevant for what you said, which is somewhat frustrating because take a channel like mine. We've recently crossed 500,000 subscribers, but the reality is um, some of that comes with age and and that does not mean that everybody's active or still paying attention to their account. And so there are times you're you're preaching to the choir like I, I want that. I, I wish I could at least have a chance to say, hey, everybody who at one time was interested, this is what yeah. we're doing now. And there really isn't a way to do that either with paid ads, you know, how else are you going to get a message to them? The one yeah. thing that I would say is that um, the best way to reach them would actually be um, an exceptional piece of content. Because if they're already subscribed to you and you put out a video that, um, you know, kind of gets trending in the sense of comments, likes, conversation, co people having conversations in the comments, a lot of views, a trajectory, they call it velocity, not just a few views, but there's a velocity of views, meaning it kind of has a, a rise to it and it's getting views that are stacking from suggested videos and search traffic. If that's happening, then you have the best chance of YouTube making your current subscribers aware of that video. Um, and it's really the algorithm that would be doing it um, because they see that that video is, is popular. People that like you and your content and have said yes to you in the past by subscribing would probably want to see it. So I would think about creating an exceptional piece of content or at least attempting that as the best way to activate your fan base. I've seen this happen before where um, some subscribers in the comments will be like, 
whoa, last time I checked, you were at 16,000 subscribers. So they clearly had not been watching my channel for about the last two years. Um, and we've experienced a lot of growth over the last two years. So that would so something happened. So I put out a piece of content that hit their radar probably on their homepage or probably through suggested videos, maybe because I reviewed a camera and they were researching that camera and they saw somebody else's landed on ours. You know, who knows how they got there. But but ultimately, at the end of the, uh, of the day, there is not a ton you can do. And it is funny that the the cure all kind of blanket answer is like content is king, like put yeah. out great content that engages people and starts conversations and um that's what wins and gets shared and that's the business that youtube's in as well they they're just in the business of wanting to get content that's interesting to people that gets watch time that viewers love and so if you're doing that you can kind of trust the machine to at least do its (laughs) best to uh distribute your content but that's the thing though do you think there's actually a lot of good videos out there that, that that aren't being seen because they're just being left out Um, I mean, I think that, uh, that's of course true. I mean, I think that there's a ton of content that does not get seen because we're living in an age where yes, content is king, but marketing is queen and she runs the household. (laughs) And unfortunately, especially for like your community, when you're a filmmaker, when you're an artist, when you are into the craft and when you're into good storytelling, I would probably say that's awesome but that's not enough because the marketing matters so a lot of times that has to do with um, either maybe partnering with somebody or beginning to sharpen and and your skills as to what modern marketing looks like because that it is just as true that not necessarily just because it's great does not necessarily mean it'll win and succeed on the flip side um i would also argue this is i'm even kind of like debating myself here. And that is that um, at the end of the day, the great products market themselves, things like word of mouth. I mean, things that are I just I recently got these this pair of Bose quiet comfort headphones, super expensive. I thought they were going to be overkill. I didn't know I'd like them. Uh, I, you know, I thought they were overpriced. I started using them and I was like, these are changing my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling you about it now. Like, not because of um, you know, tactics or algorithms or anything else, because they literally created a product that has this soothing female voice that tells me that my battery is at 60% and tells me which level the noise canceling on. And they're like, they're amazing. And so now word of mouth is happening. So on the same time, I do sometimes think that as creatives, we can, um, get into kind of an excuse or, or, um, you know, we want to blame YouTube. We want to blame the algorithm. Yeah. We want to blame the the bells, the notification, or they're not doing this for me. It's a free platform, man. They're giving you a free place to distribute your content and reach the world. I do think that good content does win, but there are times when it doesn't, and that's why marketing is so important. There's been talk in the last few weeks that YouTube is thinking about making more changes to the notification system. Uh, have you heard anything about that or do you have anything you hope they will change? Um, I haven't heard uh, much more about that. You know, I probably am one of those people who I take a lo- like in my business and for my brand, I just try to take extreme ownership. There's a great book called Jocko Willink. Like I just see it's all on me. I don't think yeah. YouTube needs owes me anything, needs to do anything, needs to change anything. 
saying that I'm empathetic. Things could certainly be better. And, and there are certain features that I may or may not want. But, um, one of the things we do is we build an email list and I would argue that, um, for your audience, that's an important, um, thing to consider is your own website and your own email list. And the reason why is no matter what YouTube does, you're always going to be on rented land when you're on YouTube, no matter what Facebook does, you're always going to be on rented land when you're on Facebook. And it, it is YouTube's prerogative to completely slaughter and eviscerate your distribution tomorrow. And what are you going to do about it? Like, uh, are you going to stop sending them checks? Oh, that's right. You don't like it's free, right? Like you don't have any le real leverage. Uh, it's all the balls are in their court. So my question is your fan base, your audience, the people who are supporters of your film and the thing that you're building, I think they need to be on your own email list. I think every indie filmmaker should have an email newsletter. That's kind of an old school term. It's not very sexy. It could be very modernized and be something cool. But I think you need to take your distribution into your own hands. And let me even say this, that some, some of the things that we do with our email newsletter is places like YouTube and Facebook allow you to upload those email addresses and actually do paid traffic to them. So we take hmm. so much responsibility that, uh, you know, at this point, we've got a lot of people on our email list, um, thousands of, you know, a lot of people anyways. Um, we, so we send an email, but our open rates too are only like, if it's a good day, you know, if it's a bad day, it's like 15%. If it's a good day, it's like 25%. And so if that's out of 10,000 people, only 2,500 people are hearing, that's, somewhat of a distribution thing, but it's also just a noise thing. We live in a super noisy culture. There's lots of emails. There's lots of notifications. And so I think as, you know, creators, as entrepreneurs, as indie filmmakers, we need to learn the new skills. And so one of those skills is if you upload your email list to Facebook, you can now get pieces of content in front of your own tribe. Like you're like, wait a minute. Well, Sean, they already gave you like they want to hear from me. I, you know, that'll cost me money. Yeah, I pay money just to get announcements to my own people. And that might seem like a radical concept, but it's actually just modern marketing and and learning some of these best practices, I think, is uh, will be the difference maker between between those who kind of break through and have a big impact and those who get lost because the reality is there's just there's a lot of people competing for your attention. There's a lot of films that people want to get funded, want, wish you would watch, wish Netflix would pick up, wish Amazon Prime would do something with. And so uh, I am very optimistic for people being able to do big things. But I think you have to learn some of those nuances to break through in today's world. Do you do you have some kind of um, uh, if for people that want to find out more? Um, and get maybe more personal training? Do you have a webinar uh, that is available? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that if, if anyone wants to check out Think Media, just go to YouTube, type in Think Media, you know, space in between there, and uh, a lot of training there. And then our webinar is at tubeinfluence.com, T-U-B-E, influence.com. One-hour training um, about some of the things we talked about, but as you said, you know, the way we have built our influence was through um, ranking videos, was through using, realizing that YouTube is a search engine and offers the opportunity to get discovered, which is what we're all kind of searching for. I mean, that's, that is the million dollar question. How do you meet people when nobody knows you? 
How do you get people who have never heard of your film to hear about it? How do you meet strangers and get them aware about it? And I think that YouTube is one of the absolute best places to do that. So if people would want to kind of look over my shoulder, see, see some of the tips and tactics that are working this year on YouTube, just go to tubeinfluence.com and you can get access to that free training. All right, Sean, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Jeffrey. Pumped about what you're doing and how you're helping people go further faster in their indie filmmaking career. Thank you. So that's our show for today. Uh, Be sure to listen to previous episodes and subscribe so that you can get future episodes as well. Uh, Get Real Indie Filmmakers is created by Forrest Day Jr. He's the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube and The Coffee Shop Conversations. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, author of Between the Scenes and Suspense with a Camera, available at Amazon.com and MWP.com. You can always tweet us at Borges Film or email info at Borges.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating. Give Give us a star rating. And leave a comment. The Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks 2018.